college basketball is a huge industry in our society today. Is it possible to use that context to really impact the next generations of young men? Well, we're going to talk about that today. This is the God and a Man podcast, and I'm your host, Tim Brown. Well, welcome to another episode of uh, God and a Man. Uh, I'm your host, Tim Brown, and today I'm uh, joined by um, a friend of mine that uh, we kind of crossed paths uh, a few years ago, uh, selling, selling him a few clothes, and the relationship has developed into uh, a friendship now, and I, I greatly appreciate him and his time this morning. I've got Coach Steve Prome with me. Uh, Steve um, was, he and I first crossed paths when he was an assistant coach at Murray State. Um, he started there in 2006 as an assistant, and then he took over the program in 2011 as head coach. Had tremendous success there. Um, that led to him coaching um, in 2015, being named the head coach at Iowa State. And he coached there up until last year. And he is currently now um, in a, a retirement mode for a little, a little bit as he uh, kind of uh, figures out where, what, what's next and all that. And uh, so, Coach, thank, thanks for joining us. I appreciate you being with us today. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate uh, you having me and congrats on your book and all your success and the podcast and all the good things you're doing. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. So you want to bring people up to speed a little bit? They'll be listening. I know there'll be a lot of men listening that have followed your career and would, are kind of probably kind of curious as to what you got going on right now. I, mean, I know you and I talked about it before we came on today, but you want to give everybody just a little brief update? Yeah. Um, you know, we're back in the Kentucky area, the Western Kentucky area this year. Um, and, you know, after, you know, you talked, touched on, I was the head coach at Murray State for four years and then the head coach at Iowa State for six. And uh, it's a great 10 years as a head coach. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, I was let go uh, this past spring from Iowa State. But uh, it's a great opportunity for me, great blessing. Uh, had some great, great moments you know, up there and Ames is a beautiful place and great community and great college town. And so really enjoyed our time there as a family and, and as a basketball coach, likewise, just the same as in, as in Murray at Murray state, uh, two special places. And so I was very lucky, but, you know, really going to use this year, had some opportunities, made it jump right back in, uh, in the spring, you know, whether it was a head coach, a couple places or as an assistant coach at a couple places, but, you know, the more I thought about it and and the more, you know, prayed about it and talked to my wife and family about it, I thought the best thing for me this year would be to kind of refresh, regroup, uh, take this opportunity to, you know, spend more time with my family. Got three young kids, two, four, and six. I got a great wife. We've been together eight years, married eight years. Uh, to get better professionally, and I'm, right now we do the podcast. I'm traveling, um, you know, to some different universities this week. It just takes a couple of days a week to go watch teams practice, coaches, and see, you know, what makes them successful. And 
you know, get some different ideas and different thoughts, um, you know, and continue to grow uh, personally, professionally. Um, and I think it'll be great for me. And then we'll see what happens this spring. Uh, yeah. But I'm looking forward to getting this year to, to get myself better in, uh, in a lot of different ways. Awesome. But I, and I think uh, a, lot of, a lot of folks may not be aware, your wife is originally from Murray. You met her while you were coaching at Murray. So the, thus kind of the reason for, I guess, being back in that neck of the woods right now, uh, family connection and all that after you left Ames. Um, yeah, for sure. I just, you know, get her back and around there, her family. And with three young kids, you know, for them, the opportunity to be around their family, I thought was important uh, yeah. during this transition year. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and and I, I'm going to let our listeners know uh, coach is driving right now. And so we may hit some spots and he and I both, but may both kind of break up a little bit, but just to kind of let folks know, because that's the way we have to do things today in this digital world. So, um, coach, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to just have you share some thoughts on a, on a, on a couple different things in our time today. First off, you know, I look here and I see you, you started coaching in 1998 as an assistant. And obviously we're 22, 23 years uh, since you started your career. Um, could you really maybe zero in on some some of the biggest differences maybe you've seen in some of these young men as you've recruited and coached them over the last 23 years? Do you see – is there some things that have kind of stood out to you about these young men that may be a little different as we've evolved generationally? Well, you know, the one biggest thing is I've been fortunate. I've been able to coach a lot of really, really good players and good people and and because of that, uh, it's, it's provided my family and myself a lot of opportunities. And, uh, you know, I'm very fortunate, very thankful for that from, you know, guys I coached at Centenary College. You know, uh, there's a guy there, Ronnie McCullough, my coach, that the following year when we left, I think he led the, the country in scoring next year um, at Centenary, you know, then to southeastern Louisiana to where, you know, we had a couple great years there, but, uh, you know, guy there, Mir Abdul-Rahim, you know, you follow his path now. He's the head coach now at Kennesaw State. Uh, he was a terrific player to help change the culture there. And then, you know, on to Murray where we had guys, you know, like Isaiah Cannon, Cameron Payne, uh, that did tremendous things, you know, for that city and that program. And then on to Iowa State where you got guys like, you know, Monte Morris, Tyrese Halliburton, George Niang, and a host of other guys that are doing special things. But I think the one biggest thing is, I, I you know, social media obviously has brought a lot more attention uh, to kids these days. And I think it's really broadened the landscape of how many people have access and can can see what's going on. But at the end of the day, I think the one thing you learn and which won't change is the guys want to know you care. The guys want to know you can get them better. Uh, the guys want to know you're invested. And the relationship piece can get you through a lot. Uh, and that's why I was very fortunate my first year at Murray State uh, to be the last unbeaten team in the country. But I thought our relationships and the way those guys competed for one another and competed for the staff was a big reason to that. And I think the more you see guys want to be held accountable, they want to get better. 
and can you provide them with that platform? Uh, and, you know, seeing these guys go on and be successful, that's what it's all about. Um, you know, whether it's in the professional world, whether it's in the professional basketball world, you know, getting their degree, you know, all those things. But I think kids want the same thing. You know, can you get them better? Uh, can you push them? Can you hold them accountable? Uh, all those things make a big, big difference. And then can, can you help teach them life skills uh, that they're going to be able to carry on? You know, it's interesting as I'm listening to you, I've, I've done some podcasts with some other coaches recently. Um, and the consistent thing I'm hearing from the coaches when I kind of ask them this same question is these kids want to know you care. Um, I was interview, I was doing an episode with my old high school football coach recently, and um, he went on to have one of the most successful careers in the state of Kentucky and uh, one of the winning his coaches and so forth. And, um, and, and, and I, I talked about how when he was coaching me in high school and some of my friends, that was his first head coaching job. He was 28 years old at the time. And he just, he cared. I mean, he, we, I had some young men played with me that didn't have dads and so forth. And he just really cared. And I think that's one of the reasons he went on to be so successful in his coaching career. And then when I talked to um, coach Kennedy, who you, you coached under for many years, and I know he's a dear friend of yours, uh, he said the same thing. You know, these kids want to know you care, and as you know, as we're as, as our focus here with Reup Men's Movement and our God and a Man uh, uh, focus that any man can make a difference is I think that's so vital for men to hear is that you know it doesn't you don't have to be the sharpest knife in the drawer to impact these young men these next generations they just need to know you care, um, and I think all of it starts right. I think everything starts right there. Um, yeah, without a doubt, and especially when you look at the landscape in today's today's world, uh, these guys got to know you have their back. You know, these guys got to know you care, and that's the one thing where you may not run the, run the right play. You, you may you know, practice, you know, you know some of the drills may not be perfect, you know, things like that. But you know, are if they know that you really care. And that's the one thing I hope the guys that have played for me that, Hey, you know, A, B and C man, not always been perfect. Those are all, that's always kind of ever changing, but man, they know, Hey, he really cared. Uh, he had my back and he wants the best for me. Uh, and if they can call me anytime, you know, from, you know, the guys from centenary to, to Iowa state and all in between, um, that's really what it's all about. And so, you know, because the relationship piece is so important. And the thing that I've always liked to do with our team to kind of break down walls and break down barriers. And I always say get beneath the surface. Like if you're above the surface is what you're talking about real. Like when you get beneath the surface, you're talking about things, things that matter, things that help can help bring change. And so, you know, I learned this thing called the H game. And I think I learned it from or Fellowship of Christian Athletes, one of those platforms. But the H game, you basically have six H's and you stand up in front of the team and or, you know, when you sit down and even in recruiting, I'd use this is, all right, tell me your history. All right, tell me your highlights. Tell me your hero. Tell me your heartbreak. Uh, tell me your honey. 
and then tell me your hope. And you can do it in life, and then you can do it from a basketball standpoint as well. Yeah. When you take those six H's and you start talking about hope and heartbreak and history and highlights and honey uh, and hero, man, you can really start getting some emotion and getting some real, real conversation. And that's how you bring change. That's how you develop relationships. And that's how people you let people know you're invested. Yeah, that that's awesome. I've never heard that. That, that what a uh, uh, what a great uh, way of going about going about doing that with, with with young men, especially. I think that's that's awesome. Um, you know, as I as I listen to you talk about some of that, and and I remember when you you let when you were at Murray, you allowed me to come down a couple times and and, t- and talk with the team and so forth, and. Um, it, it was it was very evident to me immediately when I was around your players that um, you had a you had a great connection with them. And, and again, I think a lot of it probably started with the fact that you 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 helped them understand that you really cared for them. Um, but what, were there some other things that you found really to be beneficial as you developed the relationship with these young men? Um, and, and, and kind of letting them know you care. I mean, were there other things you tried to focus on or do? Well, I think spending time with them, number one, um, whether that's in the gym, in your office, or having them by the house, spending time, uh, I think that, that piece is huge. Um, and then the other thing is knowing about them. You know, uh, everybody likes to talk about themselves, and, you know, everybody wants to tell their, their story. Uh, but if you really want to get to know somebody, you, you got to ask questions about them or ask questions to them. And do you really know them? Do you know their mother, father, sister, brother? Do you know about them? And I think that's one of the things, you know, the more you can, like I said, get beneath the surface and get to know them and understand their family, their background, uh, you know, where they come from, I think that piece is huge. You know, from that standpoint, and sometimes, you know, when you get into the thick of it, sometimes you take that stuff for granted um, because this thing is really the X's and O's. And I love basketball. I love watching the practice. I love watching tape. Man, that's probably that's probably just a small portion of, of what makes the thing click. What makes the thing click is surrounding yourself with really good people that are all in it for the same reasons and for the right reasons that want to get people better and get each other better. Um, I, and I hope, I hope it's okay if I share this, but I, I remember one time I was at your house and um, obviously we were there, I was, you were picking out some clothes and so forth. And, but we, we got to talking a little bit and I think maybe there'd been a, a, a recent game uh, while, while you were Murray. And uh, I remember, I remember my parents had made the comment in watching that game with them that it was a crucial situation. The momentum was changing and most coaches would, would call timeout to kind of calm the team down or whatever, but you didn't. And my parents, you know, were kind of like, well, why didn't he call timeout? So I, I remember talking to you about that at this uh, You may not even remember this story, but, um, and I'll never forget what you said when I, when, when I was talking to you about that. You said, well, Tim, 
I, I understand that, but I'll, I, I want to teach my players that when life gets tough, you don't get to call time out and you gotta, you gotta figure it out. And I thought that was so cool because that was very evident that you were, yeah, you were trying to win. That's what you were getting paid to do, but it was very evident that your the purpose was, was a lot bigger than just that. Um, yeah. your, your parents aren't the only ones that get on me about not calling timeouts. <laughs> there have been a lot of, but you know, um, I think Lute Olson may have said that, you know, Hall of Fame coach, you know, you call your timeouts in practice, you prepare them in practice. You know, there's time obviously that you got to, you know, call timeouts and execute, but you really want to give those, this is just my, you know, philosophy. And, and we've been fortunate over the years to have some really good offensive teams because of obviously, you, you know, very good players and very good skill and basketball IQ. But, you, you know, you want to give them the freedom um, to make plays, to make decisions and to grow, you know, from that standpoint. And sometimes you can overcoach and, you know, when you have good players, you know, from that standpoint, I think you want to give them the freedom to grow and play and play through mistakes, you know, and it's just going to make them better at the end of the day. You know, we're, we're sitting here relating so much of everything we're talking about to the game of basketball, but I hope a lot of men are listening out there and going, well, you know what? Everything coach is talking about is true just in life. Um, the, some of these principles and the things that you focused on when you were coaching and trying to let these guys know you care and developing the relationship and, and helping them understand that life's going to throw circumstances at them. And so a man, an older man listening that's, that's wanting to invest in young men or he is, he's attempting to invest in young men and he, and he thinks, well, I'm not coaching basketball, but I think everything you've talked about here, these principles apply. Apply. Just in life, as you as you as you try to impact other young men. Um, yeah, yeah. Without a question, I was just when you were talking, I started thinking. You know, this was my fourth year at Murray State, and uh, my third year we had a whole new team. We were really young. Uh, Cameron Payne was a freshman. We had a couple really good junior college kids that went their first year, uh, and then we had a couple transfers uh, that had sat out and that were eligible. So it was everybody's first year together. And when we brought that whole team back, we got off to a tough start our fourth year. Uh, and we were supposed to be really good. And we went down to Nashville for a tournament. And we lost two out of three games in this tournament uh, and went back to Murray. And, and we were in a tough spot. You know, and it's early in the season. It's early December, late November. And in my devotional that day, and I think this really changed the course of that team. And it really changed the course probably my career from that standpoint, or I wouldn't be the head coach. I wouldn't have been the head coach or had the opportunity to be the head coach at Iowa State. And I won't say the whole devotional because I don't have it with me, but the title was Prepping for a Tsunami. Hmm. And what it basically talked about is it talked about there was a, a storm in Sri Lanka and uh, – the storm hit and there was this hotel that it weathered the whole storm. Nothing, things ne near it got destroyed. But this hotel 
you know, stayed the course and, and didn't get affected by the storm, by the tsunami. And what it basically talked about is the foundation of that hotel had been set years ago. So weather any storm. And so what we kind of paralleled it to with our team is, hey, we need to rebuild our foundation. So where we can weather the storms that we're going through or that we're going to go through because uh, you're going to face storms. I'm going through a storm right now. Yeah. You know, I just had fi- I just got fired. Uh, we had to move. I've got three young kids. Um, and so you're going to go through adversity. You're going to go through different storms, whether it's job related, whether it's family related, marriage related, children, business. Uh, there's so many areas of your life that you're going to face storms. But if your foundation is right, and it's built from the ground up, and, the, and like, if the, and this is what it said in the in the in the in the uh, the, the study or the uh, the devotional, you know, the the pillars were built were were hammered deep into the ground. You know, if your foundation's right, then you'll be able to get through the storms. You know, and you'll be able to weather all the things, the adversity that hits you. And from that day, you know, Coach Kennedy used to always tell me. You know, you want to start reading the Bible, man, do it 30 days in a row. Start with Proverbs 1, go 1 through 31 for 31 days. It'll become a habit. Yep. Uh, our goal was, hey, let's put 30 days together. And day one was okay. You know, day four wasn't great. Day seven was okay. But 30 days later, we had lost. 90 days later, we hadn't lost. That team went on, won 25 games in a row, got to the top 25 in the country, uh, ended up going to the NIT, went, were the only, with a, went 16-0 and 0 in the OVC, won only five teams to ever do that. We ended up getting upset by Belmont, the championship, on the last second shot. We didn't get in that large bid, went to the NIT quarterfinals, had an amazing year. Um, and I, I really believe that changed the, uh, the course of that season. Yeah, uh, without a doubt, because we all bought into that concept of drive the piling, build your foundation, uh, and we all need to hear that. I believe that that that's awesome. And I and I've actually heard you do a, a talk when I asked you to come at an event one time and uh, around that you that your talk was about prepping for the tsunami, and that is so. You know, of course, there's there's scripture that tells us that you know who builds their house on the solid rock, it's going to stand. You know, and so that that foundation is so important. Um, I, I'm going to shift gears in, just in our last few minutes here, Coach, real quick, is because um, I think it's important for um, men to hear. I think what you're going to share um, in regards to this, but you know, you in in the world's view and uh, in our society that's so enamored with sports and all that, um, you know, you you would be looked at as being somebody who's been very successful in that uh, arena and um so lots of times we think those kind of men um don't really need other men in their life investing in them because their success they've got they got it going on but i know you're a guy that kind of believes the opposite of that and so, so could you speak to the value of of just having other men in your life that invest in you and give you that that place to go 
um, kind of share things as a man? Yeah, I, I think that's so important, uh, especially my personality. I think the hard leadership can be lonely at times. Uh, it's great when you're winning. It's hard when you're losing. Uh, but it can be lonely at times. Uh, and the one thing I was fortunate, you know, I had an accountability group, you know, when I was in Murray that we met. Uh, my last probably year and a half year, I met two guys in, in, in Ames that were really close to me, that we started meeting, and they started encouraging me and, and being there for me in some different areas. And that was really good for me. Uh, I, I think it's vital. Um, because I think at the end of the day, you know, we're all searching to have true, true peace in our lives, uh, to where we're comfortable with who we are. Uh, and I think one thing you get caught up in as, and I know I do, and I'm vulnerable just like the next guy. And I, you know, and I'm, like you said, I've had some great moments in these 10 years, but I'm very vulnerable to understand to where, Hey, man, you can't get caught up in trying to please the wrong people. What I mean by that is you want to make this guy happy or you want to make your boss happy or you want to make the administration happy. You want to do all this. That can that can challenge you to struggle with your peace because you're trying to please the wrong people. And that piece is hard to understand to where, hey, can you do the right things? by God? Can you do the right things to please him as a man of God? And then everything else is going to work out the way it's supposed to. And can you be strong enough and committed enough, you know, to let that play out? And, you know, I struggle with that at times to where, what does he think? You know, did I do good enough for him? Um, you know, to where that's, that's not, that shouldn't be my focus. You know, from that standpoint, my focus should be, am I doing right by, you know, the man who provided me all these blessings, my family. And we get all caught up in the comparison game, too. That's a, that's a struggle with mine. You know, you compare, what did this guy do? What did that guy do? Or what does this guy get? You know, there's a great quote, comparison is the thief of joy. And, you know, that's an area, another area, you know, to where, you know, I've got to you get better at. You know, to where, hey, you know, be comfortable with who you are, search for great peace, and, you know, good things will happen. Uh, but to have surround yourself with good men and have guys that you can be vulnerable with and talk to and not worry about them judging you based on whether you won against Team A, B, or C, that's, that's vital. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course – you know, re-up, uh, we believe that's in the context of a group of men that you can do battle with on a weekly basis. We call it a fire team. And I know you were in that kind of setting um, in Murray. And, um, I, you know, I've had uh, friends of ours, um, mutual friends of ours, talk about, you know, that they were involved with you in that and the significance that it was in their life. And, you, and they felt like it was significant for you to have it in your life because at the end of the day whether you're a head coach of a major college basketball program or you're a guy working a factory job you're a man and men men need other men in their lives 
Um, you know, we know the Proverbs, iron sharpens iron. I and mean, we just, we just have to have that. But so many men try to go about doing this thing by themselves, especially men that have, have experienced some success. So uh, I, I appreciate you sharing that because I think it's important for some of these guys to hear this because, you know, you were, your you, guy that's coached major college basketball programs and people turn on the TV a couple times a, a week during basketball season, they would see you, you know, and so for them to hear you talk about the significance of that, uh, I hope that really resonated with a lot of these guys. Um, yeah, anything else? Too, that, well, the one thing that is times when you try to challenge your guys and help them grow, it's not stuff, you know, it's just like basketball, you know, or football, you know, you, 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 it, it's almost become copycat leagues at times where, man, I saw this guy doing a lot of good things offensively. I'm going to start studying this and I'm going to put this into play, you know, for my team and my program. And that's why you go around and you learn and you study and then you see what you feel best about, you know, running or doing or what you feel comfortable with. Same thing. You know, when I would talk with those guys, they would bring so many great nuggets to the table that I was able to take those that thing told me and then share them with my guys. And, you know, one of my favorite verses that I've always talked about or used over the years, Nehemiah 6.3, I am doing a great work and I will not come down. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I didn't stumble upon that. You know, my good friend, which you know, Tim Perkins, we're, we're uh, this is right, my first year when, when, you know, everything was going perfect, you know, and then you start getting all this attention uh, can you withstand, you know, can you, can you hold yourself on that wall and, and weather the storms that are going to hit you? Well, I read the story of Nehemiah and, you know, talk to the team about his story and, and that really impacted our team. And, uh, I think it impacted that community as well. You know, it, it's funny you say that because I actually just did a teaching in the past few days over that section of scripture about, you know, as men, um, we're doing a great work if we're if we're stepping into what God want, calls us to be. But the enemy is constantly going to come at us to stop that good work because he doesn't want us to be the man we were created to be. So he's going to try to get us to come down from the wall. And uh, yeah, so I I just think that's so cool. You mentioned that it's and from I think that that section of scripture is so. Um, impactful for men when we really study. So again, you, but you had to have a man in your life point you to that scripture. So, and you were able to then take that and use it in a way to impact others. So again, I hope guys are hearing that. That isn't necessarily something you discovered on your own. It took you being in a setting with some other men for that to happen. Yeah, um, no question. Because he, you know, I'll never forget. I was laying in bed watching tape and. He texted me and said, hey, I think this can really help you and your group. And so I called him and told him to go over with me. And we talked and shared it with the team. And I still have, we built, we gave those guys bricks that year that said, stay on your wall. And wow. uh, I still have my brick today. And That's cool. So that, that was, uh, that was an impactful, uh, you know, verse for me and, yeah. and for that team. And, but that stuff is very important. You, you got to awesome. have accountability partners and, guys you can learn and grow from awesome uh, to be a better man absolutely because at the end of the day 
at the end of the day, that's the deal. You know, you is to be is to be a better man. Uh, so and be who God created you to be. Uh, as we wrap up, coach, is there anything maybe that I didn't give you the opportunity to share? You you'd want to share while we're uh, while we got a few minutes at all? No, I think we covered a lot. I just you know I'm very you know um, being able to be a college basketball coach. You never you, know, you never dream of the opportunities it brings you. And so, you know, that's the one thing is when you have those accountability guys is I, you know, as a coach, you have the platform to share it, not only with your team, but you have a platform to share it on a national stage and that on the national stage, you, you got a chance to impact um, a lot of people. And that's the one thing (laughs) When uh, when I got the job at Iowa State, I had a good friend tell me, he's like, man, I, I hate your leaving and you're going to miss you and all that. He said, but you know what? It's really cool because you're going to a bigger school with a bigger platform on a national stage to where you'll get a chance to impact and touch so many more people nationally. Now, that's the one thing, you know, when you look back on your time, you know, and going forward, I don't know if I did a good enough job with that. And always have some regrets from that standpoint. But like I said, I'm vulnerable. I'm not one that comes off like, you know, I know everything. You know what I mean? I, yeah. you know, you make mistakes. You, you don't make the right decisions at times. And sometimes you do. But at the end of the day, can you grow from it, learn from it? And going forward, you know, I heard a great quote. Can you go from success Somebody said, hey, Steve, this is halftime. Those first 10 years as head coach and 23 years as an assistant, that was your first half. Now it's halftime. You got to reset. You got to recharge. You got to refresh. You got to grow. But now can you go from success? Because we've had a lot of great moments in those 10 years. We've averaged 20-plus wins and a couple championships at Iowa State, a couple at Murray State, guys drafted, lottery picks. But can you go from success to significance and Mm. now significance is where you go next or what you do next can you impact that community can you impact those kids can you impact that and that's what it's all about yeah at the end of the day it's all about significance i um we'll kind of close with this i uh, had lunch with a gentleman yesterday and been very successful in the world's eyes and as we were sitting there finishing up, he said, you know, Tim, I just, I, I, I want to be significant. I want to make a difference. And I'm not really sure that I've done that yet. Uh, he said, so I'm 59 years old and I'm hoping I'll get that opportunity to do that. So um, you've, hit, you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, we, we were all created to be significant as men, whether it's just in our home, whether it's on a bigger platform, at our workplace, on a national level, like you've had the opportunity. So um, God's called us to be significant, and that's what that's what he wants. So, um, Coach, man, I appreciate your time. I know um, the stuff you've shared today, you know, guys listening there, uh, got, got some real nuggets, and uh, I appreciate your, your uh, concern for the next generations. It's very evident. And I uh, pray that you'll continue to be that person. I, I know you will, as long as the Lord lets you keep breathing. And uh, and 
uh, we appreciate your your example in that area. Um, and we'll maybe maybe have coach back on sometime soon, guys. Um, so again, coach, th- thanks for your time today. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me, and, and hopefully that helps some people. And, and look forward to catching up when I get through up there. Uh, like I said, I'll be up in Bowling Green at some point. Hopefully, we can catch up. Awesome, awesome. Hey, guys, thanks for joining us for another episode of God and a Man. And be sure to tune in with us next time. <laughs>